trying to find more time seems to be the desire of every single teacher, but the truth is there are ways to get the time you need to effectively teach. So we are going to dive into some actionable steps that you can take to reclaim your time and eliminate the stress. I can't wait to dive into this topic with you. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Literacy Dive podcast. I am so excited that you are tuning in and listening this week. Last week, episode 50, we celebrated the 50th episode on this podcast, and the episode was so much fun. It was literally an all about me where listeners submitted questions about my personal life, about random questions and facts, and also educational. So if you just want a light episode and you want to get to know more about me, be sure to check out episode 50. So we are now on episode 51. Super excited. And if you have been a longtime listener or if you are just now tuning in, welcome. And I would love it if you would take the time to leave a rating and a review of your experience here with the Literacy Dive podcast. So let's dive into the topic of today, time. How many of you feel like you have challenges with time? that you're drowning with all the demands of the school and with the parents and with your admin team and with the standards. You have too many groups and no time to see them all. That was me. But I'm here to tell you that that does not have to dictate what your school year can be. And you can absolutely walk into your classroom, take control of your schedule, and have more than enough time that you need to teach the different content skills that you have to be responsible for. I want to ask you, have you honestly tried everything possible to see how you can yourself find time to do what you need to do as a teacher? Well, I am going to kind of map out the structure and the strategies and the action steps that I took that allowed me to have more time where I could teach in small groups teach and whole group, and make sure that my students had enough time to practice what they needed. While there are so many factors that go into this whole concept of time and where is it, I'm going to talk about three different areas for you to look at, and hopefully by the end of this episode, with these steps that you're going to be able to go and apply immediately, you can be able to find chunks of time and you are not gonna have to worry about rushing through something or simply not getting to a task because you've run out of the time. So the first area is scheduling. I am going to walk you through the way that I've done scheduling and map this out as well as I can. So first, you are going to want to write out your entire schedule. I'm talking listing everything from your day, big or small, every single thing. 
This is going to include the content areas that you're responsible for, the specials or the different classes that your students get to go to daily where you might have your prep time, recess, lunch, the lineup time, the transitions that you have in place, any other types of activities that you do in your day. Maybe it's morning meeting. Maybe it's afternoon meeting. Maybe it is reading buddies or writing buddies. Whatever it is that's in your entire schedule from Monday to Friday, you are going to want to write it down. So to do this, you're going to print a weekly calendar with time slots, and that's going to help you to see it visually. So the second thing that you're going to do is you're going to want to do a time audit for one entire week. Now, you're going to follow the schedule that you wrote out and you're going to do your time audit, but if you're like me, you're going to write your schedule out, start on Monday and say, oh, I forgot, we do this every single Monday, and that wasn't actually inside of your first schedule. So once you have your main schedule, that is a great starting point blueprint, but then you're going to want to actually monitor what your week actually looks like. You are going to keep track of start and stop times from each activity or part of your day. If you did not include something, write it in and write down how many minutes it took you. When you are transitioning from one subject to the next or from your classroom to lunch, Write down how many minutes did it take you? What exactly are you doing in that chunk of time that is equaling to that amount of minutes? If something occurs that you did not plan for, maybe it's all of a sudden your school says that you have an assembly and that was something that just kind of happened, you did not plan for it, it wasn't on the calendar, or if you extended the time in a lesson, you really just needed 15 extra minutes to teach main idea or to teach revision. And for whatever reason you felt that was best for your students, no big deal, but just make sure that you write it down. Then the next thing you're going to do is you're going to assess your time audit. What this looks like is you're going to be looking for common patterns. You're going to pay close attention to what has gone well and what has not gone so well in your schedule. You're going to look really closely. Is there an area that you are so consistent with and you did really well with and you stayed within those time parameters? Or is there an area that you did not do so well with? Maybe you realize you did not even teach that particular content area or activity on two days of the week, or you really just kind of skimmed by it and only gave it seven minutes instead of 15 minutes, you're going to want to really look at it and analyze and assess your time audit. The next piece that you're going to do is you're going to determine what is mandatory in your schedule. Now, this is important because if your school district or your administration says you must teach grammar for 20 minutes. You must teach reader's workshop for 60 minutes. You must teach writer's workshop for 45 minutes. Then you definitely want to make sure that you're staying within what is mandated because otherwise you don't want to get points taken off or get assessed and get a bad review. You want to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. But when thinking about what is mandatory, there are probably a lot of things in your day that are not mandatory, but it is best practice or it's just things that you enjoy, your kids enjoy, and it literally just sparks joy in your classroom. And that is something that you definitely value and you wanna make it a part of your school day. But you really wanna think about what is mandatory versus what is not mandatory. 
And so to do this, you're going to highlight or you can color code, you can circle, however you want to do your coding. You need to make sure that you're highlighting what does not need to happen in your day along with the minutes attached to them. This is really important because anything that's not highlighted or anything that's not circled is like it is etched and sketched into your your plate. You know, you're not going to remove anything. You're not going to touch it. It is concrete cemented into your schedule. And so we're going to keep those things there, the things that you have to do. But anything that is highlighted, circled, color-coded, that is just things that are not mandatory, we're going to be able to play around and see what this looks like and see if you can gain yourself even 10 or 15 extra minutes. And even that amount of time, I know that 10 or 15 minutes does not sound like much, but you can get a lot done if you can find even that much time back into your day. So remember, if you add the minutes beside those events in your day that are not mandatory, you're going to actually see the amount of time that you are spending on these tasks. But do not worry. You are not going to have to remove anything right now. You are just notating what parts of your day do not have to happen, even though it definitely impacts positively the things that are lined up in your day. But be honest here. This is going to let you know how much time you really take on different parts of your day, and it's going to let you know how much time you really have to work with. So the last part to the scheduling piece is to analyze the non-mandatory events and the different activities that you have embedded into your day. Now, examples in my own personal schedules. I will start with myself because I am one person who loves adding things into the day that I know my students will love, they'll enjoy it, they'll love coming to school, I'll love coming to school. And so some of the things that I've added into my schedules have been morning work, class meetings, afternoon warm-ups, brain breaks, show-and-tell time, additional read-alouds, things like that. Those things enhance my school day They enhance the opportunities that my students get, but they're not mandatory. Nowhere in my district mandated plans does it say, I have to have show and tell. I have to have a second read aloud. I have to have a class meeting or a morning meeting. But we know that those are best practices or those are enjoyable parts of the day. So it's something that I value. I can continue on and on. I told you, I do this all the time. I love doing reading buddies. I love doing writing buddies. I love having pen pal time. So there's all of these things that my students love, but they are not mandatory. So I'm sharing this with you because I wanna ask you, can you decrease the amount of time or frequency of some of these events? Even shaving off five or seven minutes or moving to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or a Tuesday-Thursday routine is going to be something to consider in order for you to gain some of the time in your day back. And doing that is going to make it to where you now have these magical extra minutes that you can use for reading and grammar, writing, or math. Although I know that doing a practice daily It helps with the routine and it helps students with knowing exactly what's happening each part of the day. If I decided that I wanted to do my class meeting on Monday, Wednesday, Friday and not do it on Tuesday, Thursday, I now have an extra 15 minutes on Tuesday and Thursday where I can place that time and do something else with it. 
And even though it's not happening Monday through Friday, well, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, that is a great way to say, we're going to start the week with a morning meeting. We're going to have a midweek check-in, and then it's a great way to end the week before the weekend. But on Tuesday and Thursday, I now can use the time that I was doing morning meeting, and I can have an extra grammar routine, or I can have an extra writing practice time, or I could have an extra reading skill practice. So there are ways for you to still implement those other non-mandatory activities, but if you don't do it daily, you can then use the time that you are giving to that activity and you can allot that time for something else and gain that time back and you're not gonna feel as stressed out about having to shove everything in in this tiny block of time. If it is something that you decide, no, I want to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Okay, no big deal. But then my challenge for you is, well, can you time it? Is there a way that you can take away three to five minutes off of that, whatever the practice is, each of those days? Because if so, then you're gonna be able to still use a few extra minutes into something else, even if it's one question or one practice of whatever skill it is that you feel like your students need more help with, you can then use that little bit of time for a real quick check and quick review. Depending on how your district has it lined up for you, if they are not super strict with what you have to do daily, you might even find that you can have longer chunks of time to teach four days a week. And then that one day a week, maybe it's Friday, you can then teach longer chunks of time with the other content areas that did not get as much love Monday through Thursday. For us, that tends to be social studies and science, but I love being able to make sure that we are hitting those subjects because I was a self-contained teacher, so I had to teach all five content areas. And It's just really important to make sure that you're not just glazing over science and social studies because we know that the big targeted content areas are reading, writing, and math. But what helped was that if we did get into science or if we did get into social studies and they had questions about something, they wanted to research something, they wanted to try an experiment, well, with the little 20 minutes that we had each day, we often couldn't really go deep into those content areas. So if I decided to pull those 20 minutes, use that extra time for reading, writing, or math, and then on Friday, add those minutes over to that day, we now had this big chunk of time where we could go deep into experiments. We could try the experiment twice. We could write up the procedures of what we did. We could do reflections on the activities and it really was enjoyable and they really understood the concept better because we had more time to do those subjects. So there's a lot that we can do with this scheduling piece, but the first thing that you really have to do is write out what your day looks like, write out what a week looks like for you or what you want your ideal week to look like, but then actually analyze it. And let's figure out how you can Create the perfect schedule for yourself to have the things that you have to do, the things that you want to do, and to not feel like you don't have enough time. Now, the important thing that I want to say lastly is that you really want to watch your students closely, and you also want to watch yourself. So you have to figure out where the time is going and figure out how we can best maximize it so that you can have the ideal schedule that you want. 
Outside of scheduling, this next umbrella topic of an idea is going to be within your schedule, and that is transitions and routines. This is important because oftentimes a lot of the time gets wasted within transitions and within these routines that we may have or may not have, and this is a great way to get time back. There are several questions that you can ask yourself when it comes to transitions and routines, but I'm just going to share three questions for you to ask yourself honestly, and this is going to be the starting place of how you can truly dissect and look at your systems, transitions, and routines and figure out how to maximize time so that you're not wasting minutes and you can in turn use those minutes for instruction. So the first question to ask yourself is, how many minutes are kids taking to understand Unpack and pack up each day. This is important because you have to analyze what are your systems and processes? How are they getting their materials? How are they packing up? How are they doing their agendas with their homework writing at the end of the day? I used to pass out work to every child, and that took so much time. And even when I had other kids doing it where I could be working on something else at the same time, it took even longer. And then I had to realize, this is not a great use of my time. I am really taking 12 to 15 minutes calling kids' names, trying to get them their papers. They're not listening for their names. They grab their papers only to leave their papers on the carpet. Then I have to call their name again and make sure that they put their papers inside of their take-home folders. It literally took so much time of my day. And maybe you can relate to everything that I just said. Now, I had to figure out a solution. I tried so many things, and ultimately what worked best for me and my students were to implement mailboxes. Every student had a number, I labeled the mailbox by number, and anytime I had papers to pass out, I would simply put it inside of their mailbox slot on my own time, and then whenever it was time for students to get ready to go home, they would have their folders, I would call them by numbers one through five, 6 through 10, 11 through 15, and so forth, they would go, get their papers, put it in their take-home folder, and it really decreased the time. I also had to think about not focusing on same-day returns. While there are some things like quizzes or quick checks or tests that maybe I did grade and I want them to get that home, A lot of the things, it did not need to be turned in the same day. So after school, or even early in the morning because I always got to school early, I could take a little of my time. I would have a mailbox return where I could stuff mailboxes, and that really saved me time from the actual school day. On the same token, you can teach your students processes and systems, and so sometimes I would teach them. They knew where their mailbox was. If we did a full check in class together where their paper was already checked over, I would then do the same thing. As we're cleaning up, I would call a group of numbers to go and put their paper in their mailbox. It did not come to me, and that way I did not have to take the time to pass it out but they would immediately put it in their mailbox. It was filed away, ready to go home when the time was right. So the important thing is that you have to teach how you want your kids to come in and get ready for the day. You also have to teach your students how you want them to leave and exit to go home. 
You'll have to model this so that they understand what their job is and what is and is not expected during that time. But if you can nail down your routines and your transitions, you are going to save more time that you did not have before. The second question to ask yourself is how are students doing with transitions? Now, this simply means you're gonna be thinking about, do they move slowly? Are they moving quickly and not really paying attention? Are they talking with friends because they have too much time or they're not really knowing what their job is to do during that transition time? Are they simply confused at what they should be doing? You might have to think about playing a song to where they know that they must be cleaned up or they must be packed up or they must be lined up before that song is over. Maybe you want them on the carpet at a certain time. And so you play a snippet of a song that is maybe 15 or 20 seconds, and they know that when that song is over, they need to be in their spots, ready to learn, ready to go. The big thing here is that you are in control of the time. So see what's reasonable for kids. Are you giving them too much time? A lot of the time we are. We might say that we need five minutes to transition from one content area to the next, but we do not need five minutes to transition. A lot of the kids can and will get picked up or get cleaned up faster than that. And so we really have to think about, are we giving too much time? And the only way to know this is if you set a timer. You can really see watching them, time them, how quickly can they get ready? How quickly can they clean up? And you can gauge their progress and they can be accountable for the time that you give them. So watch your students, time them, set songs for them, figure out what is the best way that you can get them from one activity to the next in the shortest amount of time. You will have to model what the transition should look like. So if it's a transition to lining up, maybe you're wanting them to line up by number order. Maybe you're wanting them to line up by girl, boy, etc. so that they have an idea of how to be efficient. So think about How are students doing with your transitions? And then figure out where is the transition off and what can you do to fix it? Okay, this last question that I'm going to have you ask yourself is something that I have been guilty of and I've always been guilty of every single school year, every single school year. So there is no judgment, but this is a real question and it is going to be a big contributor of time. And that is... How am I managing lunch and recess? Am I returning on time? I know that recess is a need for students and it's a need for teachers, but think about it. The five or 10 extra minutes of recess eats away at your instructional time. So if you must have an extended recess, choose only one day in which you stay out an extra five or 10 minutes Because if you make it a point to come back in on time the other four days, you will quickly find that you have an extra 20 to 40 minutes per week to use for instruction. And that's major. Think about all the things that you could do with 20 or 40 extra minutes, and that's just attached to recess. So think about those things like lunch and recess, also the restroom breaks. And if you can try to stay on time, maybe give yourself one day where you stretch it a little bit, you're going to find that you're going to have way more time than you originally thought that you have. Transitions, routines, systems, 
Those have to be tight, buttoned up, and efficient so that you're not wasting time in those certain areas. The last big section that I've had to ask myself and address with myself every single school year is prep time. The biggest thing here, are you prepared ahead of time? Are your materials organized? Are they ready to go? Are your copies made and separated however you need them separated? If something has to be cut apart or trimmed down or cut into fours, is that already done or are you doing that in front of your students wasting the time? Is your technology up and running? Are your updates taken care of? And this is an actual question that I want you to ask yourself because I know that for myself, when I started teaching online virtually, It would be that one update that I just had to click on and it took 15 minutes before my Zoom would update or before a website would update or before PowerPoint would update. And then I'm already 15 minutes out of instruction. So if you think about technology and anything that might affect your use of technology, try to get that taken care of ahead of time. If you are going to be referring to several tabs, go ahead and open those tabs up so that you don't have to waste the minute typing in the website and waiting for it to load. You can simply click to your tabs, already have it pulled up, and refer to it with your students. All of that is going to help you with saving the time that you're spending currently and getting that time back to use for instruction. Another thing, did you pre-read the book ahead of time? Did you generate those ideas for writing before sitting down with your students? If you are prepared going into your school day, there is not going to be any wasted minutes. In fact, much time is wasted due to students waiting on us from our lack of preparation. If you listen to episode 50, you will learn that I am not an organized person. Again, not to mean messy, but it means I am just not a systems and processes type of person. I like to kind of think in the moment. I am very type B, but I cannot rob my students of the time that they need due to my type B-ness. So in my classroom, I operate at a very, very type A way. And that is what's so confusing because people don't believe that I'm type B. So let that be the motivation you need to never have to say, I do not have enough time to teach fill in the blank. To recap, this episode is all about finding more time to actually be able to teach the subjects that you love. And you can do this by really taking note of your schedule writing out your entire schedule, doing a time audit for one week, assessing your time audit, determining what is mandatory, and analyzing the non-mandatory activities. Then you're going to pay close attention to your transitions and your routines and other systems in your day. You're gonna ask yourself how many minutes are kids taking to do some of the systems and processes of your day. You're going to ask yourself, how are students doing with their transitions? And you're also going to assess what is going on with lunch and recess and figuring out the best way to see about shaving down those minutes. And the last thing you're going to do is really look at your prep time. Are you truly prepared ahead of time, which is going to help your students and help yourself? 
I truly love chatting with you all each week. And if you find any value in this, I would love to know what you try. So feel free to reach out to me over on Instagram if you have questions or if you have a success with actually being able to find the time that you need to teach your content areas. I cannot wait to dive into another topic with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.